Next several weeks, we'll be walking through the book of 1 Corinthians. This is one of Paul's authentic letters, the one to the church at Corinth. And it begins in this way, starting in the first chapter, the first nine verses. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and in knowledge of every kind. Just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any gifts, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into partnership of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And from the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, starting at the 29th verse, we hear a different version of the baptism of the Lord's story that we got last week. In the first three Gospels, the story is told as a narrative. In this one, it's simply told as John describing what had happened. And it goes like this. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the chosen one. That is the Messiah. And the next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, Where are you staying? And he said to them, 
Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the anointed. And he brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many of you know about the Purpose Driven Church. We did a whole big thing here in this church several years ago about that. Um, And when Rick Warren wrote the book, Purpose Driven Life, it was quite popular. It was a bestseller. And so it was re-released. But when he re-released it, he re-released it under a different title. He called it, What on Earth Am I Doing Here? What on earth am I doing here? It seems to answer big existential question that people have. Why am I here? What am I doing? Or as Jesus said in this text, what am I looking for? You know, Jesus finds one of his finest followers, Andrew, in this text we heard today. And he does it by asking two questions. By him asking a question, by them asking a question, and then issuing an invitation. Now there's much to be said about evangelism in this text. You notice that they don't spend hours and hours telling every bit of their life story and exactly how their testimony went and exactly how they were introduced to Jesus and exactly how he changed their life and exactly how they pray every day and exactly... He says, come and see. He issues a very simple invitation. Come and see. Last night about 9 o'clock, my pastor texted me and said, Preach the heck out of it tomorrow, girl. And I wrote back and said, Nope, mad at my congregation right now. They don't do anything I tell them. I tell them to keep bringing people, and they just look at me like I'm crazy. And he wrote back and said, Well, don't tell them that. But preach from your heart. My heart is... Come and see is the simple heart of evangelism. And we are so afraid of that. You know, there are people in this congregation who have just who are just downright hostile to the notion of evangelism. 
which is crazy to me. You invite people to parties, you invite people to the movies, you invite people to dinner, you invite people to all kinds of things, but you won't say, come and see, for them to know Jesus. Jesus, who is here to answer our biggest questions. The question, what are you looking for? is the deepest, richest, most existential question human beings ask. What are you looking for? Love? Money? Power? Sex? Fulfillment? Happiness? What are you looking for? What would fill your soul with the richness that God intends for you? You know, this is Epiphany. Not only is it Epiphany, we're reading from the book of John, both of which are completely about God made manifest, made real for human beings. This, in this case, made real for us in the form of flesh and blood, Jesus. What would fill your heart and soul? If you knew God was right in front of you, You know, we have these questions as human beings. You've maybe had them in your life. You know, when you had that midlife crisis? Ladies, you went to the gym every single day, tried to get yourself fit. You were walking 13 miles, gentlemen. You bought a fancy red car. Maybe really cute. The other thing that happens a lot to men is when you retire, when you change jobs, because in our culture, we say that men are their work when they no longer work. They go, well, who am I? What am I about? What am I looking for? Kids go through this when they go to college, too. You know, as I told you a couple weeks ago, I was with the campus ministers, and one of the things I said was, that is a fundamental time for ministry to be happening because it's it's such a developmentally important time in the life of human beings. The question, what are we looking for, is not a coincidence that Jesus says... It's critical to who Jesus came to be. Later in the fourth chapter of John, he'll encounter a woman at a well. 
talks about what she's looking for, and here to find out that she's looking for living water that will fill her soul forever, eternally. In the 12th chapter of John, Jesus actually says, in answer to the question, what are you looking for? I came to bring you life, bring you life abundantly. And then Jesus says, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. The answer to all we look for lies in Jesus. God made manifest. Come and see. Amen.